It is painful being a Chicago Bears fan. It's a life of misery and uh, occasional glimpses of hope. And it's funny because if uh, me, because I was born in Chicago, and I was born in 1985, which is the year that the Chicago Bears had their big run, which culminated in their Super Bowl victory in 1986, and it will forever be enshrined in the memory of every single Chicagoan or person in the greater Chicagoland area. It's also a heavy, heavy yoke. Because every single member of, the Chicago, of Chicago, every single person who lives there, will continually always compare those 85 Bears to every single other Chicago Bears team. Some of you who are big Dallas Cowboys fans might feel the same way about the 90s Cowboys or maybe about the Thomas Landry Cowboys. So I think we might have something to commiserate over. <clears throat> the point is, in this story about Haggai, we see these Jews who've returned from exile. In fact, in verse 3, and it says that some of you might have been here in the past and can't help but remember how things were. Can't, remember, can't help but remember how good things were. In fact, I have a brother in Christ this week uh, who I chat with every now and then online, and he was lamenting over the state of the church and how believers aren't living how they should, how it just seems like there's an absence of, of how we're supposed to be living it out. And one of the things that um, somebody actually mentioned to him, because I was in this conversation with some other people, was how the faith of those have fall, who have fallen away and consider themselves Christians, consider themselves believers, is actually a pretty common theme throughout Scripture. If you go all the way back to the beginning, right, you've got a world that is wicked and Noah who is righteous. You can go all the way back to the Egypt uh, with the Jews being freed And there are these people who are looking back even on Egypt and saying, man, we've got pots of boiled meat there. Can't we go back to that? Wasn't that pretty good? And there's still this small segment who pushes forward. And that like there's these two spies that go into the promised land and all the other ten lie and talk about how terrible it is. But there's two that are kind of faithful. And you can fast forward and you can see that in Judges and you can see that in uh, the time of Elijah and you can even see that in the time of the Pharisees. And there's all of these people who are continually pointing back to how great things used to be. In fact, some of us might even see that within ourselves. We kind of talked about that in Sunday school this morning, how we kind of look back with rose-colored glasses on how great things used to be. And sometimes that makes it difficult for us to keep our eyes forward on what God is turning things into.
When I was a kid, we moved out of Chicago when I was about five. And I didn't want to do it. I was angry. I liked walking to the market across the street with my mom. I liked riding my bike inside the house. It was a little thing with training wheels. I was four years old. All right. I liked our neighbors. I liked our close friends. I liked that community. I, li I wanted it all to stay the same. I wanted it to be home, and that's how it was. And I didn't have this idea for how things could be better moving to the suburbs. And so when we came, uh, we went to go check out the house that my parents are still living in to this day. And I remembered just being totally against it. No. No. I like how things are. I like how things used to be. And on the way home, I was so mad, I threw up. <laughs> and the car was awful. The point is, is little Chris didn't have this concept of how things could be better in the suburbs. And sure enough, I was grateful to grow up in the little town that I grew up in. My parents had a vision of things that I didn't. I grew up with kids that were my age. We drove our bikes all around our little uh, town and, you know, swung on the willow tree at this one neighbor's house and we went into the creek. And these are all things that weren't available in Chicago. These are all things that my parents wouldn't have felt comfortable letting me just go out like that. And I didn't have the mind for it. I didn't have the, the understand. I didn't understand that there was something better to come. I didn't understand that something better could come because I continually kept my eyes on the past. And so in this story with Haggai, we see this same thing. These exiled Jews come back and they are sad. The last time they saw Jerusalem, which was about 40 years prior, it was in a much better shape. Just the city itself. The walls were up. People were more happy. It wasn't in such ruins. And so they continually got caught in this, what is the past? What is the past? Can you do me a favor, Joel, and move back to the scripture in Haggai for me to verses 3 and 4? I'd appreciate that. Yes, in Haggai chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Thank you. Who is left among you that saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Is it not in your sight as nothing? If you'll keep going. Yet now take courage, O Zerubbabel says the Lord. Take courage, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Take courage, all you people of the land, says the Lord. Work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. If you'll keep going. According to the promise that I made you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit abides in you. Do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once again in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. And I will shake all the nations so that the treasure of all the nations shall come. And I will fill this house with splendor, says the Lord of hosts. Silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The latter splendor of this house shall be greater than the former, 
says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give prosperity, says the Lord of hosts. We can get stuck sometimes in the past. And I can look back on all of those things and I can objectively say they were great. But just because they were great doesn't mean that things can't be better. That God isn't planning bigger and better things for us. That God isn't moving in ways even that we see now to make this world better. We're called as believers to not trust in the work of our hands, but trust in God's promise of something better to come. And so it's important for us to think about this. It's important for us to remember those things in the past, but it's also important for us to look towards the future. And one of the things we're going to be celebrating today, one of the things we're going to be talking about is renewing our baptism and looking back. And looking back on what Christ has done for us and what he did in that moment of baptism and what he is doing now and even more so setting our eyes on what he's going to be doing with us in the future. And we're not just talking about heaven and one day being with God. We're talking about something bigger. We're talking about restoration. We're talking about all of those things in the past that might have been great and good, that were just echoes of of, of little things that remind us of God, that remind us of his goodness or maybe of his kindness or maybe this call for home that all of those are just echoes of something bigger and better to come. So as we remember our baptism today, let's not just remember those great things in the past. Let us not just be stuck on the ways that God did move. But let's remember on how and keep our eyes focused on how he is moving and what he is doing and on his promise of things to come. Because if Christ showed us anything, it's that even in the midst of an evil empire where the entire nation of the Jews was overwhelmed and in bondage, he still spawned a glorious light in the midst of all of it culminating in his ultimate promise and delivery from our bondage of sin and death. So let us keep our eyes upon the promise. Let us keep our eyes upon what God is doing. And let's be his hands and feet as he is doing it. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you and we thank you. We thank you for all of those things in the past all of those good things that are just shades and echoes of you, all of those things that make us pine for you, a desire for home that might not be met, a desire for a healthy body that's not quite there. Let us keep our eyes upon the promise, upon the restoration of this world.
of your people through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.